Welcome to everyone here this morning and greetings in Jesus' name. Really enjoyed the worship service. And I expect that everybody here this morning come with the anticipation of the psalmist when he said, I was glad when they said unto me, I get to go to the house of the Lord this morning. Now, that was a little paraphrase, of course. But I hope you anticipated it as much as I do and, and God's people do, because it's a blessing to meet here. We got to look into God's word and, and be encouraged and strengthened in the Lord. And, you know, that's, we really need that nowadays. I mean, it's a, it's a blessing to be able to meet collectively with brothers and sisters in the Lord and be strengthened and encouraged uh, by looking into his, his word and being inspired thereby. <clears throat> I expect most of you have never spent much time in the jail. Maybe you visited jail, and it's not the most pleasant place to visit. And, uh, you know, when you visit there, it's easy to see that's not a good place to live. And uh, it's kind of a deplorable place, at least a place of much despair. <clears throat> but what if you were sentenced to life in jail? How would you feel? And, uh, you know, no hope for release, doomed to die in jail. <clears throat> and uh, I understand there's 2,000, about 2,500 people that are doomed on death row. What a terrible, despondent place that would be. So thousands and thousands of people they call lifers in, in jail for life. <clears throat> But you wonder how they would feel if one day the right person heard about their plight and would plead their case, and then the right person, probably the president or the governor, would give them clemency and say, you're out, you're free, you're released. I think there'd be rejoicing for the lifer because they would say, wow, out of this place, out of bondage, what a privilege. <clears throat> Let's look at Luke 4, 16 to 20. <clears throat> Luke 4, 16 to 20. <clears throat> and he came to Nazareth, this is Jesus, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And there was delivered to him the book of Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to, and recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. What an amazing words Jesus said there. <clears throat> I don't think they could fathom what it meant, but I hope every Christian here knows what it means. Because he, he said, I come to deliver the captives. And it means... <clears throat> Freedom and pardon. See, everyone 
that uh, on this earth, Jesus come to give pardon of sins. In fact, everyone that is born in this world is, in the, is, is going to live, lives in the bondage of sin. When they follow uh, their own will and do their own thing, they're living in the bondage of sin. And every Christian here knows what that is because that's what we did before we accepted Jesus. We lived in the bondage of sin. But he said, I come to deliver you captives. See, Jesus come to give the emancipation proclamation. And if you, if you get a chance, you ought to write that beside this verse. It's the emancipation proclamation of the scripture. It's way more important than one Abraham Lincoln gave a few years ago because this is spiritual freedom, spiritual emancipation. Yes, because it comes because we're pardoned from our sin. It is interesting to note that he also says, and set at liberty them that are bruised. Very same Greek word. Deliverance. Liberty. Yes. Freedom and pardon. So whether, uh, and if a person is in this life and they know they're the captive of Satan, they're living in sin, I am glad to pronounce to you Jesus come to set you free. We can be free in Jesus. So that's the title of the sermon. Freedom in Jesus. What a tremendous blessing we have that we can experience that in this life. No wonder he says and for a few verses, John 8 verses 32 to 36 where it says, And ye shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Isn't it wonderful we can have the truth in our hands? And we can look at it and we don't have to decide, now look, is this right? Does this work? Will this work? He said, look, Jesus' words are the truth and you, you can know their truth. You can know their facts. They're going to work. It works. If you obey it, you accept Jesus as your Savior, you experience forgiveness of sins, the truth is going to set you free. Reading on, verse 33. They answered him and said, We be Abraham's seed, and we were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whoso committeth sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever. But the Son abides forever. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. You know, so many people want to think that living for self is freedom. You know, they, they, they try to find liberty. They fi try to find purpose. And the sad truth of the matter is, the more a person does their own selfish will, the more they are in bondage to Satan. And it's a terrible thing. But see, the, de the devil is a deceiver. He makes, well, you know, I want to go to a party tonight. Oh, you know, well, my, my life is what it should be. And so they take substances into them to give them a high so that they don't have to think about life. They're more in bondage all the time. It's bondage of Satan. And it's a terrible condition. It's sin. There is no real freedom outside of Jesus. 
Always remember, there is no real freedom outside of Jesus. Because Satan brings us bondage, Jesus gives us freedom. Yes, the freedom in Jesus is real and it's liberating. I've heard people say, we live in the land of the free. I praise God, we live in the kingdom of the free. The kingdom of Jesus. That's the kingdom of freedom in him. Yes, then our spirits are free. We're Christians. We can follow him. We can follow him and he leads our steps. Freedom by definition is the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. See, people think, well, I can do my own way. I can do what I want to do when I want to. That is true bondage. That is true bondage when our own way and will is to do our own carnal nature. Synonyms are liberty, liberation, release, emancipation, and deliverance. You like that? That's a beautiful state to be in. Everybody wants freedom. It's something we all long for. If you lived in a land where there was not freedom, you would want it. We hate bondage. Man in his own nature hates bondage. Don't, wouldn't it be good if we would be born to hate the bondage of sin? Hate the bondage of Satan? Wouldn't it be wonderful? As Christians, we can. But that's where we get, that's where we get to this place because we're Christians, yes. Yes, we hate bondage. And, and most people don't like to be restrained or tied in. But you know what? God wants to give us freedom. So we can have freedom from uh, Satan and sin. What a tremendous release, release from bondage. A good description is in Romans 6 of this. Romans 6, verses 20 to 23, where it says, and when were you were servants of sin? Oh, that person thinks they're in freedom. I get to go drink tonight. I get to go party tonight. I get to go live in the lust of my uh, lust of my pleasure, of my selfish pleasure. I get friend, there's bondage. It's totally bondage. For when you were servants of sin, you were free. Well, you know what? You were free from something. You were free from righteousness. Oh, what a deplorable position. What fruit had ye then in those whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death but now being made free from sin ye become servants to God that ye have your fruits unto holiness and to the end everlasting life what a wonderful trade we as Christians have from bondage and slavery to self and sin and emptiness and an empty wasted wife, life to one given sins forgiven by the blood of Jesus, pardoned, free in him, but his servants. You know, it's very plain. We're either serving one or two masters. We're free in him. And it's wonderful. He gives us a liberty to do his will because he gives us a new nature that wants to do his will. What a privilege. We Christians want to do the will of Jesus. And so he says, you, we become 
servants of God. What a privilege. That is, in slavery, it's not drudgery. It's meaningful. It's blessing. It's empowering. God empowers us to do is where we become the servants of God. I hope you can say, with whatever Christians say, I love being the servant of God. I love to be the servant of God. Yes? Then we give up those things that bring us in, cause bondage. We maybe more than give them up, we hate them because it brings us back into bondage of Satan. Well, I praise God, since he come to deliver us, the captives, and he come to set us free, it's a tremendous privilege we have. And there's a song that speaks about this. It's, I think, in my top five as far as songs, actually. I haven't rated them all, but this wouldn't be the top one, but I think it'd be in the top five. It's in your uh, Zion's Praises. You can look it up. We, we want to sing it. 748, number 748. And I hope you can sing this from the bottom of your heart. It's called Glorious Freedom. And so you can sing it from the bottom of your heart. Use you that can and would like to, please stand. And we're going to sing that song at this time. 748 Designs Praises. Look what you're free from. In verse uh, 2 and 3 and 4. Look what you're free from. It says it very well. Okay, let's sing it together. And all the redeemed said, Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. <clears throat> now, does that make life worth living? Look at that. I had to read that again. Freedom from carnal affections. Envy, hatred, and strife. Freedom from vain and worldly ambitions. Sinful follies, freedom from sinful follies. Love and glitter of gold. Temper, temper and uh, anger. Everything that Satan allures us with. You can have victory because of Jesus. You can have victory in him. You're free from those. You don't have to live, you don't have to live in that bondage. Praise God. Yeah, there's more blessings for this exchange of masters that we have. Romans 8, 1 and 2 says, And there is therefore now no condemnation, condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of Christ of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. There's Bible principles that will not be violated. And they are that when you live in sin, you're going to die in sin and you're going to go to hell. That's a Bible principle that will not be violated. There's also another one that when we're free in Jesus, we follow him, we obey his spirit. We ask for pardon of sins and we stay, remain walking in the spirit and we have life in Christ Jesus. You have eternal life within you and you have eternal life in heaven. And it's wonderful. It's laws that will not be violated. And I praise God we can make the choice to follow Jesus, to be free in him, to, law, to live by his spirit because his spirit calls us 
And when he calls us and we were in sin, it brings condemnation. It brought guilt because we were guilty. And we're guilty when we sin after we're a Christian. But we don't have to live in that condemnation because we can have pardon of sin. We can be forgiven of our sins and get back in freedom of Jesus. And it brings peace and it brings joy. It's what you need to have good spiritual health, peace and joy. Where it says in Romans 14, 17, Now the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's a beautiful, beautiful, wonderful way to live. Every Christian loves this, freedom in Jesus. So we live by the spiritual laws that God has to govern our lives. Before we were born again, and people that aren't born again, they love to do just what they want to do. And they like to indulge in it. And it's not fulfilling, so they need to have more and more and more of that. What a terrible bondage to sin and self, to live for sin and self. A small world to live for self, isn't it? It's a big world to live for Jesus, because you have a brotherhood. So if there's freedom to that is very well stated in 2 Peter 2, verse 19, it says, wherein they promised them liberty, but they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, the same he is, the same is, is he brought into bondage. And uh, the servants of corruption, it says decay, i.e. ruin. So when people, when the devil sends out that bait in temptation, oh, if I could just do this, you know, if I could just have uh, more liberties to do what I want to do. And, uh, you know, I think we've all been there. We've all been there before. And he says, look, I want to remind you, when you live for self, you're brought into bondage, decay and ruin. There's a spiritual law. You live there. It's a law of sin and death. We don't want that. We want, to, we want to live by the law of the spirit of Christ Jesus. It's a blessing we can live by these laws and we understand them. Yes? So it comes to the point, do I enjoy the principles of God's word for my life? And I praise God we can be the, those that do. Because when a person lives for self, they're selfish, they're self uh, focused on self and it's empty. Freedom in Christ Jesus helps us to focus on the needs of others. As it talks about another spiritual uh, principle that we need to remember is in Galatians 6 2. It says, Spare you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So that's the opposite of living for self. It's a life that says, Hey, what can I do for you? How can I bless you? How can I encourage you? What can I do for you today? You want a meaningful life? Be a blessing in the kingdom. Be a blessing to others. Want an empty life? Focus on self. What can you give me? You know, you know I, I'm in so bad at You didn't have their hands out. You know, and you, every time you get around a person for that, that's that way, and they're never happy. They're never happy. You know, because living for Jesus and then wanting to be his hands and his feet for others, be a blessing, brings 
Joy brings fulfillment. Now, when it says in James 2, verse 8, if you fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. And this is further explained even uh, in, back in Romans, where it says in Romans 13, 8 to 10, owe no man anything but to love one another. Isn't it beautiful? You don't owe your brother anything but to love him. <laughs> that's wonderful. Wow, that's a, that's a, that's a good uh, indebtedness to have. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if any, there be any other commandment, it is, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. What a tremendous blessing. You want to feel the law of Jesus Christ? You want to live in freedom of, of his principles in, his, in your life? Love your neighbor. Love your brother. Be, be those that are generous. And I will acknowledge y'all are. I will admit I was tremendously blessed by the token of uh, a thoughtfulness to me when I was in the hospital by y'all the ladies class here at Pete. God bless you for that. Another reason for the free, uh, that free saints love the, uh, the principles that are in God's word because it says in James 1 verse 25 where it says, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty Get that phraseology. I like that. Perfect law of liberty. And continue in, or words, it directs our lives. He being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. <clears throat> you realize that every day when you read the Bible, you're looking into the perfect law of liberty. The perfect law of liberty. You get the phraseology? You know, I do know that some people buck at authority. Well, by the uh, we must we might as well understand we live under authority. It's either God's authority in Jesus or it's the devil's bondage. Take your pick. Take your pick. But only a, any person with any wisdom would say, I want to live in Jesus. I'm loved by Jesus. I want to be forgiven. I want to live in no condemnation. Freedom. Freedom from that bondage that drags you down, makes you feel bad. You know, the, you know, after those things, the morning after is a bad time for one living in sin. Guess what? The morning after for a Christian is glorious. You can wake up every day, and some of us do this, by the way, thanking God for another day. You might as well, too. It's a blessing from God. It's a gift from Jesus. It's from him. Yeah, we don't deserve the perfect law of liberty. So we read our, this guidebook and say, praise God. It's the standard for my life. I love this. I don't want to break God's laws. And, and I don't want to do that. He's my master. He loves me. I wouldn't want to do that. Um, we want to do what he says. Because we know he knows ourselves. He knows you better then we know ourselves, and that's amazing because we think we know ourselves pretty good, but sometimes I wonder how well we do know ourselves, at least maybe how well we're ready to, ready to reckon with ourselves. Maybe it's a better way of putting it. But he knows, so he says, look, I know what's best for you. I want to give you a good life. 
And it doesn't mean always a bed of roses, okay? He says, look, I'm going to refine you. I'm going to chasten you because I love you. And I want you to make it to heaven to be with me, is what Jesus is saying. So that's why we read the perfect law of liberty and we continue there and we love it. We anticipate it. That's why I gave a whole sermon here on that. Because that's such a blessing we have to read that and to understand. Yes. No wonder it says in James 2 verse 12. And so speak ye and so do. As they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. Do you know that's true? Every one of us will be judged by the word of God. The perfect law of liberty. The perfect law of liberty. That's what's going to judge us and determine I don't know when's the last time you've prayed, <clears throat> but I think a good Christian, when they realize how much they uh, struggle maybe to do all the will of God, prays, Lord, help me to do your biddings. Help me to do your will. What a tremendous blessing. The perf- we're going to be judged by the law of liberty. You know what that means in, free, uh, in, in the Greek? Perfect law of freedom. Now, that's a paradox for mankind. Law and freedom. You like laws in your life? You got them. Whether you like them or not, you got them. Okay? So, you can live by the perfect law of liberty, the word of God, Jesus' will, or you can live in the bondage of the law of sin and Satan and death. Wow. Glorious freedom. Proclaim it. You have it? Proclaim it. Live it. Yes, what a... uh, Tremendous privilege we have. <clears throat> you know, when you start late, you get done late, don't you? Well, I'll cut it out a bunch anyhow. <laughs> it's a blessing of time. Uh, it's interesting to notice what all the scripture says on this. Now, I tell you, that God has a lot to say on this line. In 1 Peter 2, 16, it says, For as free... For as free, not using liberty as a cloak or a vice, but as bondservants of God. And it's interesting to notice, okay, what this cloak, uh, as a cloak for vice means for badness or trouble. Don't let your freedom violate certain things that are wrong, okay? And so what would he say does that? What would be the context of this verse? Listen. 1 Peter 2, 12 to 17. I will read it now. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers for the, and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may be put, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, not using, yet not using liberty as a cloak or a vice, but as a bondservants of God. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, Fear God, honor the king. He said, when you're free, when you're free, man, I want able to you 
to obey all the civil ordinances, all the civil laws that you do. Unless they violate the word of God, you are free. You are expected to do that. That's why the speed limit says 70. You don't go 80. That's bondage. That's the other camp. That's when, so, and when they have weird, and, you know, as, as people with CS, right? Common sense. Yeah, CS is most important, you will always say. And some things don't make pass the test of CS, okay? But you know what? You do them anyhow. I'm not hearing very many amens. But it's true. Free people do not let their liberty be seen as wrong. See, it is wrong to violate civil laws unless they violate this Bible, this word. Okay? He says, look, don't use your liberty and say, oh, my liberty. Now, that makes me free to do what I want to do. That's what you did when you was in bondage. Remember that. That temptation to go back and say, okay, uh, they're going to say you're going to shoot two deer or whatever it is today. I'm going to shoot six. You're going back into bondage. You're going back into bondage. He's saying, don't, don't let your freedom put you back into bondage. You stay. You listen, you obey this perfect law of liberty. And it says, honor the king. Obey the ordinances of the land. It says, it says, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. In other words, you can't be pleasing to God and do what you want to do. In certain areas. In ordinances of man. You know, yes. So you honor all people. You give them respect and dignity. You love the brotherhood. But most of all, you fear God. Fear God. Fear God. Remember, he knows what we do. And he wants us to enjoy that glorious freedom. Wow. What a blessing. Romans 8, 2 to 4 says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. <clears throat> For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, you, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So they see you and they say that person is completely strange. They obey the word of God. They have a freedom. They have a joy. And yet they, they don't mind restrictions. They don't mind laws. You know what? They're really strange. They're yoked with Jesus. They have freedom in him. They're not living with in the bondage of sin. They have a peace and a joy in their countenance that is not seen anywhere else. They love God's word. They love his standards. And they make it their life principles of life. Now, when it says in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17, now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. God bless you as you enjoy and thank God more for the freedom in Jesus Christ. Let's have a closing song.